What's good, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Fun With Dumb. This is one of the Korean episodes broadcasting live from Collab Asia Studio. Thank you for letting us use the studio. We're traveling right now, and this is my travel partner, Donnie Kwok. He is the GM at Complex Media, producers on shows such as Jesus versus Marrow, Sneaker Shopping, all of the internet great shows. How you doing, Donnie? I'm doing great. How do you feel that I dragged you to work with me on our vacation? I feel like it's part of being friends with you. You're a very ambitious person. Oh, thanks, man. You're yeah. not getting paid either way. <laughs> um, but I am here joined today by a person that I've had on my list to have on the podcast, but she resides in Korea, so that's a little tougher when I have overseas guests because I don't like doing the Zoom interviews. I like doing all the interviews in person. It's more personable. She's an amazing content creator um, with a media, media with how Meteoric. <laughs> meteoric. This is why I need you. Yeah, yeah. Meteoric rise on YouTube. Um, an amazing storyteller, and I'm drawn to storytellers more than just like internet content creators. Someone who's really crafting a story, and um, she she's a restaurateur who yes. just opened up a brand new restaurant in Seoul, and you can follow the whole journey from its inception on YouTube. Uh, her name is Tina Choi, aka. Doobie Doobop. How you doing? Yeah. <laughs> Welcome. Yeah, let's get the energy, energy here. Hi. So, sorry, it's so sorry. Nice I should to meet you. Yeah, nice Hi. to meet you. Hi. Yeah, thanks for coming. No, no, this is my honor. I've listened to your music since I was very young. Oh. So I, and I think one of my earliest videos that I edited yeah. was actually... Um, Woke up so dizzy. Oh, yeah, drunken. cell phone. No, no, yeah, cell phone. Yeah. Um, so this is a very cool mo moment for me. I yeah. appreciate that. Cell phone featuring Wax and Breezy Lovejoy, who is now Anderson Pack. Yeah. Um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Streaming on Spotify? Streaming on Spotify, so make sure you run that up. No, I, I didn't know that, so that's amazing. I appreciate that. And, um, yeah, thank you for coming on the show. I know you're really busy because you just opened up a restaurant. Um, how long ago was that? May 6th, and it has been wow. super crazy. We're very, very young, and like we're still building the team, so feels like a lot to still, a lot of obstacles to still overcome. Yeah, yeah and it's only been two months, and so you've been updating your content based around uh, opening this restaurant in like real time. For sure, yeah. That, that's wild, that's wild. For those who aren't familiar um, with your content, you started about three years ago. Yeah, I wanna say, I think I, really started like 2021 in February mm -hmm. um, was when I started. So it's been about like two years and a half now, no, almost three years, wow, like time flies. Um, but yeah, I started in the pandemic and I started on TikTok initially uh, with cooking. And um, yeah, and then I transitioned over to YouTube and uh, now I'm doing more brick and mortar with the restaurant as well. So it's been a crazy experience for sure. Yeah. But you have experience in food. You went to Cornell University yeah. and majored in food science. I did, I did. Okay, what is food science, what does that entail? It entails, it's a lot of science and it's, <laughs> you know, I always tell, I always tell people that, you know, we're actually technically kind of engineers, but then I get laughed at. So I never say that except now, <laughs> um, but we're under the engineering department. It's a lot of science. So I was on the pre-med track because my family was, um, you know, they were both doctors. My parents are both doctors. So it was like the natural path that they thought that I was going to take. Mm. Um, but it, 
really just didn't feel like the right fit for me. So I knew that I always loved to eat and like cook as well. So I changed my major to food science, like my third year, mm. and then um, stuck with it. Wait, so did you start creating content when you were still in school? Or? No, it was right after graduation and it was like in the heart of the pandemic. Mm. So I'm a 2020 May grad. So up until then, I was just applying to a bunch of jobs and just not having a lot of luck. So it was a tough time, like, cause even interviews weren't even being done. And a lot of times, you know, I was looking for like lab work and that's where my background is in, but all the labs were closed. So, no. you know, th it was really, really tough time, I think, for young graduates. Like, And we right. had no clue, like, when this was going to end. So it was a scary time. What was the first piece of content you did? Do you remember? Yes, I did. Uh, I think, like, a Korean fried chicken was my first. Oh, no, no, no. Sorry. It's a steak tonburi video that I first made. And um, I, like, look back on it. It's so bad. Like, I cringe <laughs> so hard. You were cooking. Yeah, it's cooking, like no talking, just ASMR because I'm kind of a shy person. Mm. Like, and I didn't feel so comfortable like letting out my personality on the internet. Like I knew I can cook, but the editing, you know, the personality, like I just felt that I wasn't confident enough. It's like yeah. you're figuring that out. Yeah, I was figuring out my voice, I think, back then. Right, right. And, and you know, you're talking about the science element with this major. Um, so kind of break that down. What What's the science? part of it is it breaking no i mean i'm just curious i'm still i mean you know. i didn't know this was a career show well, well no I, I'm, I'm, I'm very intrigued by food science it's like you're talking about labs you're working yeah. with like flavors and how it affects human body or you know mm -hmm. I think anything that you get in the grocery store, it has to go through the hands of a food scientist. Like there's three ways. There's like the safety element, there's the business element, there is the uh, more science science aspect of it. So it could be, you know, molecular engineering, making sure that, you know, how shinramyeon stays fresh, uh, self, uh, shelf stable for almost Got you. years and years and years. So it's a very interesting subject. The food science behind spam. I'd, I'd be interested in how... <laughs> It's good. You know? <laughs> That's what matters. Yeah, I mean, I feel like there's probably been a lot of developments in that world um, in the recent years, right? When in food mm -hmm. science, um, yeah. There's like a show on Hulu. That's about like the future of food with David Chang too mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. I've seen. That was really interesting. Yeah. When you went to, so you started with kind of the short form and then moving to YouTube and doing longer form. Like how did that decision come about? You felt kind of constrained maybe by, or you were starting to open up more and wanted to. I was really broke. <laughs> And like I had to make money, yeah. and you know, I when I started TikTok, I was uh, living with my ex-boyfriend at the time, and like I was really not happy in that relationship. I'm so sorry. Like, <laughs> so I'm really you know sorry, <laughs> but you know, it takes two to tango. Right, right. Um, so I knew that like I wanted to like, and then I like we broke up, and then I moved back to Korea, and I moved in with my parents back then, and like I love my parents. I didn't live with them for a very long period of my life I went to boarding school since I was middle school so I spent almost 10 years away from oh, them. So they always lived here. They always lived in Korea and so I would go back and forth right. and um, I was like pretty independent I'm also an only child but still like I missed them so I came back but it's really tough like living in the same house with your family if yeah. you haven't lived with them for 10 yeah. years especially you know if i'm trying to film content like i would be filming content and my mom would be doing like laundry upstairs or like my dad's drilling something outside like it was hectic and i knew like 
I can't live like this. Well, they this. kind of became <laughs> characters too in your content. They so, did. Yeah, yeah, they did. But, you know, there were some parts where they wouldn't be so comfortable filming as well. And I knew that I needed to find my own space, like almost like a studio as well for like the next chapter. So it made the most sense. YouTube paid the most. And for me, like I never wanted to be a YouTube star or whatever yeah. the word is. You're a star. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I, it was never um, like a goal of mine. It was something that I did to make ends meet f for me. Well, let me say, so, you know, in the past three years, that's a pretty fast rise as far as like the amount of numbers you've garnered. Every video that you put out and things are starting to grow exponentially, did you feel like I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to really push it in this next video to even grow that even more? Like, did you keep like doing that? Like make things bigger and bigger every time? Oh yeah, hundred percent. I think also like, I'm kind of the personality type that's, not uh, very thankful with things, but in the flip side, you know, I'm never satisfied, so I always like to keep on pushing, and I get tired of things really easily. And my mm. boyfriend hates hearing this, uh, but your current it, boyfriend, my current boyfriend, yeah. not my old one, <laughs> <laughs> the one she's actually happy with. Yeah, the yeah. one I'm very happy with. <laughs> What's up, fun with dumb listeners? You're not feeling that you get when you find that one item that you've been looking for online. You spend hours researching reviewing and reading thousands of comments, reviews and ratings just for that one specific item. Whether it's a litter box for your cats, a new blender, a new graphics card for your computer, whatever it may be. You go through your mental checklist, checking off all the boxes and it's five stars. Oh, and it gets to your doorstep within 48 hours. Why is it that a random, wonderfully reviewed item from halfway across the world, it could reach us in two days. But when it comes to finding a good doctor, it seems like booking an appointment takes forever. Well, thanks to ZocDoc, the free app, that problem is no more. ZocDoc is a place where you can find and book your appointment with a doctor near you who usually have appointments available in the next 24 hours. I'm talking about booking appointments with a top-rated, actual patient-reviewed doctors and specialists where you can specifically filter through the ones that take your insurance, the ones that are nearest to you, that can treat pretty much any condition that you're going through. If I had an ailment, this app is definitely something I'd be using. Go to ZocDoc.com slash dumb, download the free app, and book and find your doctor today. That's ZocDoc.com slash dumb. ZocDoc.com slash dumb. And now back to the episode. But yeah, I think like for me, YouTube is really like good for me because I can try out a bunch of different things. Right. It's kind of like a starting point. Right. It's something where, you know, I'm 25, so I don't want like YouTuber to be like the end of my profile. Like it's great job. It's a really hard job. And it's also a job that entails like 10 other jobs as well. But for me, I really wanted to kind of add on to my portfolio and just build like my character, I guess. And it was like a one you're like a one person team though with your content right like with the content now i have an editor that i work with mm -hmm. extensively and her name is yejin god bless her um but before for the longest time it was just me and i was editing alone yeah yeah i mean that's that's an interesting thing you're talking about um kind of feeling a little bit lower stakes because i guess if you're into tv and film production and you're plotting out a season you have to really, you can't experiment too much. Mm. You know what I mean? And YouTube kind of gives that opportunity to experiment. How much pressure do you feel when you make a new YouTube video? Is there any pressure like, or do you feel pretty loose? Like, okay, I can try something completely different. I think the pressure is always there. And I think it's the reason why most people 
almost always burn out on YouTube mm. because it's one of the only jobs where you can see your competitor, like how they're doing in exact numbers mm. in real time as uh, soon as you upload, right? Are you right? competitive? I am uh, <laughs> very competitive, mm-hmm. unfortunately, yeah. I see. Yeah, no, that, that's interesting, actually. I didn't think about the, the real-time element of the pressure. Yeah. It's not like necessarily like, oh, the pressure to compete for like an Emmy for, you know what I mean, like a TV show or something, but it's the constant changing of the numbers and going from one number one and two is like <laughs> teetering all the time i feel so do you kind of base you know like obviously some videos will perform better than others and take those learnings and kind of shape or or are you just i'm doing what i want and not going to be swayed i guess by i think i do i i think the only child in me mm. i don't like listening to what other people want me to do like when people say like oh this is great i want to see more of this there's a part of me there's this little evil part of me that's like <laughs> you. i don't want to do that just because you told me to I make i'm the not gonna do this yeah. i'm the boss around here so i think like i think that also that's like the thrill of it like when you try out something new like i think if i just stayed with one concept like for example when i was only doing like tiktok asmr food videos like when i started talking over him like people would be like shut the up. I just want to see you cook. So I, if I just like listen to that, like I wouldn't be where I am. So like I don't think what people say really matter, and you just have to like believe in your heart. Yeah, I do hate that when someone <laughs> gives you like a suggestion, idea that you're already kind of thinking, mm. and it makes me not want to do it at that point. Exactly. I'm like, exactly. bro, I know. <laughs> you know, like I'm not. You know what? Just for that, I'm not gonna do that. No, I feel that. That's was there I, was there like a a certain pivot in time where you made the conscious decision to kind of venture a little bit beyond food and start opening like your personal life and because you're kind of transparent right like with what Mm -hmm. you're doing what you're feeling Mm -hmm. things that you're going through was that part of the plan i guess or maybe there wasn't a plan but like how did that i think like i'm pretty like uh i'm a very like analytical person i think more than a creative person i saw that being personal like in my like shorts you know i would i started doing like the personal stories because i was making tiktoks and i looked at the youtube shorts audience and they're a little older they have a longer attention span and they kind of want to like learn something at the end of the video even if it's a shorts Mm. so i saw that and i kind of started uh sharing a little bit about myself as a segue into you know introducing who the person is behind the camera the hands of the person that's like cooking the video Mm. to kind of you know incorporate my personality because I knew that I can cook but there's so many other people who can cook much better than I do so after that I think like there's also a certain limit as to how many stories that are fitting into 59.6 seconds as well Mm. so I think um, the vlogs were um, kind of a glimpse into my life. A lot of people were curious, but it was like the further, you know, glimpse into it. Like a lot of people who were watching on shorts, listening to the personal stories, like if they're like, oh, I wonder who this girl is, how she lives her life. It's not as compact. It's not as, you know, in 59 seconds, but it's more like just a glimpse. So I think I try and be transparent with my feelings. And I think also in order to, communicate with the audience like it's a very necessary part to you know share a part of yourself because that's kind of the selling point for a lot of vlogs you know yeah. i share a part of my life as entertainment right mm. was that was that a was there a point where that decision was hard to make being like i'm gonna put my relationship on in, in the spotlight i think it was hard but 
at that point, like it was also during COVID and I had just moved to Seoul and I was living alone and I didn't have that many friends. So I was also very lonely. And I think for me, I didn't make it thinking like, oh, hundreds and thousands of people are going to watch me. This was just like me, like shouting into a void Mm. that somehow made profit. (laughs) It's a a tough balance to see, you know, be vulnerable, but also feel like is this going to get some sort of negative reaction you know like i i have a comp like i have a bit like i do stand up and i had this bit recently that i did and i'm like it's kind of edgy right so i'm like playing it for like 20 of my homies to make a decision on if i want to post it no no i'm not gonna play i don't want to i want to hear it now play it now right here but it's a tough decision because there's no reward without risk too you know, and there's a part of it like I, I feel like it will do well and it will maybe get the also the reaction too. but how do I balance that? I, I, I feel like and I'm ashamed of myself at times for being so scared to take that step mm-hmm. already to begin with. Mm. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's embarrassing a little bit when I was like more bold at some point in my mm-hmm. life to just be like. Yeah, I 100% agree. And I think it's also the reason why it really like messes with a lot of people's mind. Like when you do YouTube for a long time, and it's only based on your personality and your journey solely. It can be, you know, when I receive feedback on a vulnerable video, it affects me a lot more than Mm -hmm. uh, come eat with me, like mukbang video, you know what I mean? So I get you 100%, and I think it's like a delicate balance. Like sometimes, you know, I will share some of the things, but now like I think I keep a part of myself also, and that uh, parasocial relationship is great, but you know, this is also work at the end of the day, and like my mental health is also very important, and yours too. Yeah, I mean, it's just scary. I just feel like we live in a more, uh, like less of a forgiving society now. I would say she seems like a pretty unproblematic person. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah no. that's true. That's true. I've gotten tangled in some issues I, before. Yeah, I mean, I've read about that, and, <laughs> yeah. and it's that's what I mean. It's oh, just, I didn't even know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I think if you're going to be that vulnerable or just putting out content regularly in a week, like, people yeah. are going to make mistakes once in a for while. Sure, like, for sure. Like, that's bound to happen, you know? Um, I mean, and that's what I mean, the, the whole less forgiving society because not everyone's going to also see your apology you know and they're just going to see the part where you're problematic so it's just a it's a it's a tough decision mm-hmm. um i want to talk about your restaurant a little bit too um is it pronounced mija or mija mija oh mija. You're, you're, so, you're so spanish you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. but it stems from the spanish word mija right uh yes and no okay. i think it's like a double meaning for okay, me okay. like mija is a very like old school korean name it's kind of like equivalent of like Betty gotcha. or like Pamela and I mean not Pamela because of <laughs> yeah, the Barbara, uh, Barbara is yeah, a good yeah, one yeah. yes so very old school and it's also the name of my dog and I have a jindo so it's mm-hmm. easy to pronounce and also the Miha element of you know this warm feeling like my daughter and, and it is our baby in a sense yeah. so yeah it was a uh, where is the Phoenix. restaurant uh, it's on Gyeonggi-dan-gil right beneath uh, Namsan in Itaewon okay yeah. so you started off uh, this couple months ago opening this but it was way before two months ago that you started the process of building out contracting and you've talked about this problem that you've had with the landlord yes uh, yeah. could you break that down so what happened I don't think I can delve too much into <laughs> oh, it legal, legal, uh, yeah, legal yeah. issues but um, 
I found out that you know this type of issue is very prevalent in Itaewon. Okay. And um, Itaewon was actually not my first choice. Um, I live in Songsu currently, so it was around that area. But there's something called a handover fee in Korea called kolligum. If you know what that is, mm-hmm. it's super expensive in Songsu, and Songsu is popping, popping right now. So handover fee itself is basically you know. You want the spot, and the previous tenant is saying, "You know what? I made this place like pop, so I deserve a hundred k just for giving out, like giving up my rights of renting." And then that's not including rent or the deposit. And then the de- deposit's another hundred k, and then you know rent is very very expensive. So I was like, "Okay, that's way out of my budget." <laughs> so uh, I was just hearing that yesterday that Songzu is super popping, like the hottest neighborhood. Yeah. You're over it now, cause you. Uh, it's just I think like I live right by Sorosup. So, oh, I yeah, it's fine. I live right by Sorosup. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. You can everyone knows. I mean, we can, we can take that. No, no, no. It's fine. It's fine. It's, everyone knows actually. I live right by it. So like the park itself is beautiful, but then in front of it, it's just like I have. 10 cafes in like one like and I take like 10 steps out of my apartment so there's no place to eat it's always crowded and there's only coffee shops and I can't dress uh, like sloppy because everyone's you know picture perfect makeup everyone's taking <laughs> Instagram photos and I'm like oh oh my god and you know that's it's it's a lot it's a lot to take in I don't know I think it's also like a very like fast risen neighborhood as well it's yeah. like bakeries, cafes, pictures, Instagram, but it's going to also like, it's a bubble. It's also going to pop so quick because there's no restaurants. It's just gotten gentrified way too quick also. So Songsu overrated. I I mean, it seems like you're learning how business works out here in real time too. You're learning about new laws and stuff. Is this stuff that you've kind of asked your parents about or just kind of learning and hitting walls and learning from those mistakes and stuff? Uh, I think my parents not at all because like they're they've been doctors forever. They are a very very different type of person than I am. You know they like structure. They like being in the same boundary. My dad has been in the same space for the last twenty five years, right. and my mom doesn't like being a business owner. So she did have her practice once, but she likes being an employee now. Like she likes working you know nine to five and not having to think about work after five. So. You know, when I was taking on these projects, they didn't understand. And when I was running into these problems, they had no solutions. So it, I was kind of left out cold. And um, it was a bit sad because I was sharing this uh, story um, because I know that it happens a lot to a lot of foreigners um, in Korea. But um, it was kind of met as like, oh, like you're so privileged thinking that you can do this. So it was a little sad, I think, when, you know, the people that I thought like supported my journey, like slightly turned on me. But I think it's also um, has to do a little bit with a lot of uh, female vloggers Mm. and female online presence on on the Internet. Yeah, it was a it was weird. It was weird. Meaning what? That there's that there's too many incels on the internet. Yeah, Yeah, I think. I think also seeing like successful people like women is is something like still you know I think a lot of people find it off putting. There's a lot of that in the in the pot space as well. Really? Yeah, because we have a female co-host on 
my pod mm -hmm. and it's like you see the the hater comments for nothing too it's like yeah crazy. yeah I, yeah i mean it is how it is and i don't think it's you know on the flip side maybe i also did benefit from me being a female as well but you know you can't think of it like that and i think it's a little sad and you know i don't see it just for myself i also see it for other very successful female entrepreneurs and also female like online presence as well it's a little it's a little sad to see i think but yeah. you know i think the space is definitely changing as well and like what matters is like there's other like people who like watch it and be inspired so i think it's okay i also like don't really get that affected by comments and stuff what was opening a restaurant part of your plan from for years or is that something that just came about after you started making the content like this is the ideal next step I think actually before content, like I've always wanted to own a little farmer's market stall. Like uh -huh. back when I was in like Ithaca, I wanted to like make my own kimchi or something. Like that uh, was yeah. like a little dream of mine. And maybe, you know, if I make it, like I'll go to like New York and I will, you know, I'll be on um, the Union Square farmer's market if I really make it. You know, that was <laughs> that, my that's dream. A, that's <laughs> a funny to hear if you're a parent hearing that from your kid. I want to own the farmer's market stall where I make my own artisan kimchi. <laughs> yeah, I'm like a nerd at the end of the day, you know? Like, I love fermentation. I love food. And that's where it started. And, like, YouTube kind of, like, somehow, like, happened. And I think I, like, went back to what I always wanted to do. Um, but I didn't have any, like, ins into it because like I worked at a restaurant like I worked part-time at a restaurant when I was in college for fun um, I never cooked professionally and I never went to cooking school but then my partner like he is Michelin trained from Denmark at a old um, restaurant called Relay um, and he operated a farm there as well and when he moved over it really made the most sense for us to work together to open a new space mm. so we were thinking you know I also needed a studio space to like cook as well like my fridge was overflowing and I um, needed a new space and um, we were thinking oh why not some like pop-up dinners on Fridays and Saturdays like casually and then you know it kind of grew and grew and grew and grew and um, I think we got more and more ambitious with it as well so it kind of transformed it wasn't something that we um, dreamt of for years but it was what made the most sense and what felt the most fulfilling once we started it what what I mean I don't know if you how you would know this but what would you estimate like of the people who have come into the restaurant since it opened are there based on following you as a creator like what percentage i think initially it was like 100 percent for the first month i want to say maybe like one or two people that wasn't out of like 200 people like in the first two weeks um but now i think it's shifting almost like 85, 15, like 85 mm. is still subscribers. It's a little crazy because um, a lot of people also book their reservation and then book their flight tickets as well. So oh, wow. it's wow. very <laughs> mind blowing. Um, it's really, really nice to be able to connect with everyone as well um, because you know it's very one-sided. It's not like, um, concerts where you see the audience in front of you. For me, like I had never known, especially me being in Korea where my um, subscriber, like Korean subscriber is like under 1%. So it was oh. really um, interesting to see like everyone and be able to, you know, give them a taste of our food and stuff. Do you feel obligated to kind of like shake hands and kiss babies and stuff, you know, on the floor of the <laughs> restaurant all the time since they're there for you? True. Uh, 
sometimes, but I think I'm really happy at the end of the day. Like, I'm really thankful. Like, these are people who made the effort to come all the way. And we're on top of a hill. So, you know, they walk all the way up. They're really sweaty yeah. and they're really <laughs> tired and hungry. But they always have a smile. They're happy to be there. And I think for a lot of people, because they saw, like, the journey, you know, they saw the gigantic sewer on the bottom of the floor and how the walls looked before. Right. You know, I think for them, it's really, really meaningful to see that the place that they've been following along for a couple of months, like in actual real life time and also be able to, see, you know, try the food. So I mean, I mean, to give an idea of how the, uh, you know, the res reservations are booked out, like how far in advance are they? Um, almost till end of October right now. Wow. Yeah. So wow. how many tables are there? Uh, we're small. Um, we do around 35 seatings a night and, um, we're open three days a week. So around like 120 people, um, it's the hottest ticket in Seoul, guys. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 besides the side concert. <laughs> yeah. um, no, that's, that's really amazing. And you know, I gotta really commend you because I feel like for me, my style is like, once I start seeing a lot of success and I have managers and my team just really wanting to move fast, you know, mm -hmm. and I get scared, I'm like, let's actually slow down a bit. Mm -hmm. And it seems like for you, it's just been like one step to the next. And, and now it's like a restaurant within the two and a half you know, plus years. So, I mean, were you ever frightened maybe of like how fast things are moving? I think I'm the opposite. Mm. When things are the same for a while, I get itch itchy, I think. Like, oh. I think like, am I lagging behind? Like, what's the next step? What's the next push? Like when something does well, like when I was doing well on YouTube for like, for shorts, or like, you know, I was like, how am I gonna do long form? I think I'm like, I don't know, I was, grown with pretty strict parents. So yeah. I think I always felt inadequate. <laughs> <laughs> you, you can share that here. Yeah, yeah. No, well, maybe, maybe they'll watch this. <laughs> Mom, <laughs> you made me like this. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But I think it's in my nature. I love change and I love trying new things. I also don't have a management team that tells me to do anything like keep it really to myself i keep it very trim so i'm able to really switch up if i decide to do something you know it doesn't take a whole team or you know a couple months to do it i love being able to be like spontaneous and do something if i feel like doing something yeah how, how on the pulse are you about the food scene just whether it's locally in Korea or internationally. Well, what do you mean on the pulse? On the pulse of like new, new restaurants, restaurant, new restaurants, trends, I guess. trends too. Mm. I think I'm a, I'm a little bit behind actually because I'm so busy tending my own shit. So, you know, I also have a garden upstairs, so it takes up so much work. We like 80% of all the veggies that we serve in the restaurant. Like we're also, it's not just the restaurant that we're operating. We have a little like urban farm or like weeding. So honestly, I haven't been out eating out a lot. Um, I do like read up on it definitely, but it's, uh, yeah, I think I'm a little out of the loop, but I think I like that though. You know, it's like the same as if you start listening to too many people's like music, you also are like, oh, maybe I should do this. Maybe I should do right. this. You know, sometimes you just gotta like lock yourself in a room and just focus on what you wanna do. And For I sure. think that's like what I'm going through also with the identity of Mijasol as well. Mm. Yeah. Mm. What, what are some of your uh, top, what's your top three panchans? Top three panchan? Yeah, panchan side dishes. Your goat panchans, if you will. 
<laughs> I love Merchiboku. Merchiboku, yeah, okay. Um, that's anchovies, marinated anchovies, or what is that? Stir fried anchovies yeah. with uh, nuts. I think I like um, a little salty, sweet, and nutty. Like that hits all the spots for me. Got you. Um, I like chimiche also. That's the dehydrated squid yeah. dressed in um, spicy gochujang glaze as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the Third, I mean, kimchi is not actually a panchan, so I can't say. It's not? No, it's, Explain it's, a, that. it's a separate category of its own. There's so rice, there's guk, which is soup, and then panchan, and then kimchi. That's like what constitutes a Korean meal. So kimchi is different from panchan. Oh, I did yeah. not know this. Did you know this? I mean, it makes sense, I guess. It's kind of like a separate thing of its oh, own. Oh, does it make sense? Oh, that was very sassy. <laughs> <laughs> I guess no, it I mean, it's, you know, it's UNESCO heritage. Dish. Yeah. I mean, I've always, I've always liked just kongnamul, you know, um, shigumchi. I like very just the standard. The uh, namurs. The namurs. Yeah, I'm yeah. a big fan of the namurs. How about you? What's your favorite panchan? Potato salad. Oh, <laughs> ah, what, true though. Do you know any history about the potato salad panchan? Like, it's from Japan. I see. Yeah, so potato salad, you know, the English, um, the big English influence during Meiji Restoration from Japan and then during colonization, it transferred over. Ah, I see, I see. Uh, what, what, what's your style of cuisine right now at your restaurant? Uh, uh, we do Korean, but definitely a little more. <laughs> Don't laugh, right? I'm, I'm, I'm asking this I'm just chuckling, sorry. I, I can do this again. Yeah, yeah. But we do Korean, but more produce driven because, yeah. like, we have the farm upstairs as well. And we try and source from, like, organic farmers. So definitely not super traditional and our take on it and more like a farm to table approach. Oh, nice. Yeah, no, it was really cool seeing the process of you choosing out. The, the cutlery, the plates, the plating and all that. I mean, uh, how did you separate the time in in the work that goes into building a restaurant from the menu to the interior? Like, was that all going on at the same time? I think so, yeah. I think the menu was something that we had been working on since even before we signed the contract. Like, it was something that we were always testing out. Um, interior is, um, yeah, it happened... M- it always is going to take a lot longer than you're going to think, mm. I think. Like, it takes twice as long. Even, like, I think it's the little things that I didn't think about that really confounded me. Like, it's like, you know, like, what paper do I use? Like, where do I get these papers? Also in Korea, like, these shops are very, very niche as well. Like, you have a paper guy. You have a box guy. Mm. You have, like, a condiment box guy. Like, and these are not <laughs> all in, like... Uh, all in one place like or on amazon like it's you have to really go and source these out and like do the market research so i think that was really difficult because none of us had experience in the kitchen in korea so it was kind of learning from scratch but you know i we we figured it out though you know well, what's the response to like kind of modern takes on korean dishes out in korea um i think it's a uh, I think it's a mix. Honestly, like we've had some older patrons that come in as well, like a lot of people who brought their parents. Surprisingly, like the older Korean generation really loved it because it's we're very vegetable focused as mm. well. We don't use that much meat. But then amongst the younger like generation, it hasn't been so great. Like for Korean Korean people who like don't know who I am. Oh, that sounded bad. <laughs> like, <laughs> do you even know who I am? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But like you know, like who first. 
like get the dish without like understanding like what we're trying to achieve i think it's like oh why is it so many vegetables you know the meat is really too thin so mm. you know i was thinking a lot of people also um had made a reservation thinking that you know, kevin was going to be making like italian or french dishes as well oh. but then was making korean food so it was like very like what was happening yeah a bit but i think they're very like in the core of it are quintessential korean techniques as well and we're just using different ingredients and slightly more just just different approach to it yeah so it's a it's a mix some people like it and we can't please everyone what is your take kind of on kind of around when you started making the food content just the complete explosion of food content everywhere and tiktok youtube like It's kind of oversaturated now, maybe a little. I think so. But I think when I first started, there really wasn't a lot of us, I think. like, And it was the biggest reason why I started posting on TikTok as well. Because like, I knew that the barrier of entry to TikTok was a lot lower. Like, It was home cooking. That's what people were looking for. It was very, you know, it wasn't like super fancy at all. Like, You didn't need all this gear. So like, it felt very... Um, like the most natural process for me to showcase like what I can do. But back then, like I used to do a lot more complex recipes as well, like recipes that would take a week or even two weeks as well, because I had like something to prove, you know, I am not a chef, but like your girl can cook, you know, (laughs) (laughs) I had to show that. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Did you, uh, were you watching like food content on television, on the internet? Were there any creators you were already following before? Definitely. I, I think that's all I watched. Now I can't watch it because it's my job. Like, <laughs> but yeah, I think that was all I was watching. I think like my influences were very like old school. Like Alton Brown, like <laughs> Good Eats was like my jam because like, I love science and like the way he explained it was very fresh as well. Um, and for like content creator, creator, I like loved watching Eddie Huang so mm-hmm. much. Um and um, Vice, like Munchies, as well as some Korean creators. So it was very like different takes on food. Like it was very different styles, but all based around food. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Has, has your food science degree helped out in your cooking or? I say no, but in a way <laughs> I think it does. Like in the back of my mind, I think like, oh, this should is this is what, what should make sense. You know, if I, caramelize this in high heat this is gonna probably taste good you know but i think they're also you don't have to have a food science degree in order to do it so it's like yeah but is it worth the money no yeah yeah so you are a food scientist <laughs> that's a wild that's a that is a wild title by the way a food scientist I, a bit a bit i i wouldn't coin myself as that necessarily but yeah, baseline of it, you know, if all fails, maybe I will. It's like me calling myself a rhyme scientist. You are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm never calling myself a rhyme scientist. Right. Do you even have, I'm, I'm trying to picture you like your content consumption now, like I'm, with all that you're doing, I can't imagine you just like scrolling TikTok for an hour on a lazy moment. Uh, sometimes I do, but I think like I never spend time on like Instagram and like YouTube really anymore. Like for me, like it's, I, I also like never carry my phone anywhere because like for me like it's kind of like a part of 
work but like tiktok a little different because like i love looking at interior design right now <laughs> it's so nice and i'm just like wow i'm just like pinning everything pinterest i've been spending a lot of time on and i feel like a midwestern like suburban mom but i'm in that era right now nice. yeah <laughs> well what are some other interests that you have be besides you know um being a restaurateur are you planning to do a product line of some sort or i'm definitely interested like i'm testing out a few things um like I'm, yeah i'm testing out a few things but i feel like it's a little bit of a distant future for me just because with um like cpg products like i really want to make sure it's a banger before i like release it out i do not want to do like another salt brand by another mm. person so i want it to be something truly special so we're testing a few things out and uh hopefully in the near future i'll be able to nice yeah. uh you eat fast food I love fast food. What's your favorite fast food? McDonald's. Easy. McDonald's? What's your items? I love... <laughs> Honestly, right now, I'm in my apple pie phase. Oh, apple oh. pie. Yeah. Just, just plain up. I mean, just the apple pie. Or do apple you like... pie and uh, sundae, like, or the ice cream, like soft serve. Mm. Gala mode. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just crush it up and eat it. and It's that, disgusting. I love it. Well, even with your food science degree, you don't hesitate on eating any, you know, preservation. What was it? Um, Preser preservatives. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a food scientist, <laughs> all right? I'm not a food scientist. But yeah, does that ever, you know, stop you um, from eating some of the like fast food stuff nah everything in moderation is okay you know like yeah. dude she's 25 yeah you <laughs> like you know want. i'm not doing drugs you <laughs> yeah. know i'm drinking very i'm very responsible so this is my vice like everyone needs a little advice nice yeah you seem very mature i mean you're already resting you know what honestly door. i hope you don't take this the wrong way but i feel like you are very tranquil like i said that when i first saw you but as i'm listening to you speak you have this energy of like a super overachiever like the type of girl when you're in high school and you oh, look at and she has like, like this girl has everything together is she so focused reese witherspoon in election energy but a dark but a dark side <laughs> yeah. is lingering somewhere no no no, no she got my... greta thunberg energy you know <laughs> no, what i mean no, she's no. passionate no but no, it's no. really amazing how much you've achieved like it's really congratulations i mean yeah, yeah. Where at 25, I mean, at 35, there's going to be, I mean, it's like, it's a crazy trajectory. Yeah. Hopefully I didn't peak already. Uh, well, were you <laughs> Not into, a chance. <laughs> were you into student body or anything? Uh, elementary school, I did. Or would you? I was a uh, vice president school of the, like this whole school. Like, but it, I like literally did nothing other than like to the Korean anthem. <laughs> You know it? That's all I know. So that was the end of my job. Yeah. Well, that's amazing. Um, I appreciate you coming on the show and kind of spilling the inside of your whole process and stuff. Because we, I've read about it and you know, seen your YouTube videos, but just you breaking it down and kind of really seeing your energy is kind of showing me really how you've gotten to this point because you are very passionate and kind of nerd out about stuff which is great thank you so are you yeah no no i appreciate it. I, I mean i'm just I, i'm really curious about just uh you know people who are full-on taking these risks you know like i think that's a big thing about my guests it's like i became a fan instantly the same way i think everyone has hopped on and subscribed and got you to this point uh <laughs> sorry what are you laughing about i'm just oh, sorry, I'm sorry 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 i, I thought sorry. he's you should say uh as far as uh content creators turned restaurant <laughs> restaurant tours you're one of the goats 
<laughs> I've been getting grilled because I've been overusing goat a lot. But uh, no, you've been. Uh, you, you are a goat. Thank you. you How many times have you said that today? Yeah, I know, right? He's saying it now. <laughs> Sorry. Have you, have, you. You, uh, have you been a fan of her content? Yeah, I have. And it's funny because I feel like the content I saw first was like the long form. Because mm -hmm. oh, okay. maybe I wasn't doing, you know, like TikTok or YouTube shorts or whatever. Mm -hmm. But these longer like 20 minute videos and it's like kind of interesting to be a little voyeuristic into somebody's life mm -hmm. i find that fascinating well i also like you being really honest about how much you've been uh you're, you're experimenting looking at the numbers and seeing what does well you know because i think a lot of youtube creators are just like oh we put it out and it just blew up you know but no like you're actually dissecting all that yeah i think like it's um yeah, it's definitely been a very important part. Like, what am I, like, what's my point of differentiation? You know, what do I have to offer? Like, I clearly can't cook as well as these other chefs out there. Like, what can I do? Oh, maybe a little bit of storytelling. Uh, like, I know how to edit a little better. Like, you know, maybe I'll, like, do this. So I think it's just a mixture. Um, and, like, it's, I didn't always know this from the beginning. It's taken me two years to figure out who I am and what I need to do. And even now, I still have days where I'm like, what the f am I doing like I'm gonna die now you know I have those moments too but it's all a learning process as corny as it sounds well what's one piece of advice uh, you'd give to a content creator one piece of advice that I would give to a content creator is that there's always going to be there's always going to be ebbs and flows so ride out the waves don't get phased out and just keep pushing and believe in yourself because I think when you get riled into that um, that's when it really gets you. It's a longevity game. Mm -hmm. Yeah, true. Well, uh, Tina Choi, a.k.a. Doobie Bop, her restaurant, Mija Soul, is an Itaewon. Um, uh, Good luck getting a table. But yeah, yeah. November maybe, I guess? There's no point promoting this because you won't get a reservation. That's what I'm saying. Uh, I, I mean, I hope there's. I hope everyone gets to try it at some point. You know, We might do a second location, more fast casual as well. Things are moving fast. So we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We Things might. are moving You know, we fast. need it in Brooklyn, a good restaurant. So. Ah, New York is tough. Yeah. Very tough. But... Yeah. yeah, I mean, isn't that part kind of scary because everyone says um, restaurants don't make profit until like after the second year or something like that? Is that, a th that's a thing, right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah, but we're making profit. Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you are. And, uh, you know, I think the hardest part is actually, uh, you know, my new role as a leader, like in a sense, like now I went from being a solo creator to now having seven people that work for us and work with us as well. So that's the part that I think that's been the most challenging for me and like navigating myself. Um, I'm also like horrible with paperwork and making sure everything is like filed in correctly. So it's all about getting the right people who can really like believe in your vision and like move forward. So that's been the most um, challenging part, but the most fulfilling part as well. All right. Well, Tina, thanks for coming on the show. I appreciate you. We are broadcasting live from Seoul. Um, and uh, yeah, stay tuned. Tune in next week for another episode of Fun With Dumb. Tina Choi, Doobie Bob, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, Tina.